Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by some of the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry. Here we all are for again. We have Dustin Gowker, we have Eric Ramsey, and we have Brett Colson. The gang is all here. I love it when this happens. Of course, guys, we are on iTunes, we are on Stitcher, we are on all those things. Brett, are we on the Google are we on the Google podcast or we gotta get on the Google podcast? Oh, we we're gonna have to, to get on we're gonna have to get on the Google podcast. Okay, so we gotta get on the Google podcast as well, but we're gonna we're gonna get everywhere. So just be sure and subscribe and rate and review and all that. I will say this guys, we still have a perfect five star record, five star rating on the iTunes uh, store right now. So listen. All you're doing is tempting someone. This to, is what I want to do. One star. That's all someone you're doing. be the first to put a four star in there. Just, just, <laughs> I just want to know that someone's listening. Be the first to put a four star rating in there. Please do that. That lets us know that you're listening to this. And as promised, we have an email address. It is podcast at the Be sure and send us any questions you want us to answer, any topics you want us to tackle, anyone that you think it would be cool for us to interview or anything that maybe you know that we don't know. And uh, we'll check it out and see if it's going on there. But certainly I uh, want to hear from you guys and really glad that you all are listening, certainly getting some good feedback of everything that's going on here. So as we always do, we'll start with a quick hit. We'll move into some main topics here. West Virginia had some big news come out. We got a lot of FanDuel stuff to talk about. And we'll end the show talking about these uh, these networks and how they're going to handle everything that's going on this football season. But some quick hits here, Dustin. Parks, moving forward with sports betting in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we now have at least two casinos that are planning to move forward with uh, sports betting in Pennsylvania. Parks, actually the owner of Parks Greenwood Gaming and Entertainment, uh, is going to do it at their casino in the Philadelphia area, as well as the South Philadelphia Turf Club. So we now have uh, two confirmed uh, casinos, in, including uh, Hollywood, I believe, up in uh, near Harrisburg, uh, that are going to do sports betting. And there's certainly going to be uh, more to come. We actually learned just today that FanDuel Sportsbook would, would be the brand of Valley Forge Casino, also kind of close to Philadelphia. So uh, more sports betting happening for those folks in Pennsylvania. And Eric, real quick, the reason that this is, is, is such news that the way that it is is because there was actually questions whether people were actually going to file for licenses in Pennsylvania as the as everything sits right now. Yeah, we, I mean, half joking about that, but really that $10 million fee and the tax structure are not friendly. And, you know, it still remains to be seen how many will apply. We have two in there so far. There's a total of 13 that can apply. So, yeah, we're at least out of the gates here in Pennsylvania. One of the things that we talked about here on this podcast, we poked a little fun at different things, but Buffalo Wild Wings and DraftKings are going to lock up and they are going to have a partnership, Eric. It's something we were, we've kind of been talking about for a couple of weeks. We knew something was in the works between DraftKings and Buffalo Wild Wings. It turns out it's not sports betting. It's going to be a fantasy product that DraftKings is going to build for Buffalo Wild Wings. It's going to be called, uh, what is it, Blazin' Fantasy Football. Uh, it should be similar to DraftKings. There's a Blazin' pick that gets double points in the lineup. They got uh, four contests Sunday. Two of those are half-game contests. They got a Thursday contest, all 1,200 locations. You, uh, I think it's on the, on the Buffalo Wild Wings app, if I'm understanding this correctly. So if you want to play, you'll have to download the Buffalo Wild Wings app as well. And again, I mean, this is one of the things where you kind of giggle, but when you look at it from a big person, when you look at it from the big picture here, you're going to be reaching an exponentially larger amount of people each and every week than you normally would if you're DraftKings. So I think this is... Thinks it's a pretty good move by them. I mean, we we talk about DraftKings and FanDuel and and the different moves that they're making here recently, and it seems they're they're not stepping in it quite as much as they used to. Uh, there were there were moves where we were always questioning what they were doing and what the hell was going on, but it seems like they're making some pretty strategic 
moves here as this continues to move along here. Brett, one of the things that we're look, taking a pretty hard look at here is how Apple is going to be working with these gambling apps and things like that. Despite the fact that they are legal in the state in which they are being used, there's still a question is about how Apple is going to view them. Yeah, this month Apple started to clamp down on gambling apps developed by smaller companies and entities. We first got wind of this from a poker player named Max Silver who tweeted that his poker app and training tool Snapshove had been removed from the App Store, uh, the Apple Store. Uh, the explanation that Apple was attempting to curb fraudulent activity. Potentially huge news in the gambling world, especially for those developers who have uh, created useful apps like Max uh, Max's Snapshot. Uh, it does not look like this has affected sports betting yet. If you look at the App Store, you'll still see a, a wide variety of sports betting apps, both free and paid, as of yesterday anyway. Uh, the question is, will this hit sports betting? As you know, a lot of companies are looking to capitalize on what will be widespread sports betting here in this country. And Dustin, to close out quick hits here, we talked about our boy Oren last week and how he how he was gonna get he was gonna fix everything. He hated it, but now he's gonna fix everything. And now he looks like he's got a guy that's giving him a high five out there. Yeah, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, uh, Democrats uh, leader uh, in the minority in the Senate, uh, has also uh, chimed in on what he'd like to see for federal sports betting regulation. Meaning we have a pretty powerful. Uh, Republican and Democrat on each side uh, who, who want to advance sports betting legislation. Uh, we, as we said many, many times in the past, this is a, this might be a difficult get in 2018. We're coming up on midterm elections. We haven't heard anything from the House. There have been zero hearings on the issue. So um, I'm still putting a, uh, a, a big number on no, there's not going to be a federal sports betting law this year, but this could set the stage for something later on. Did not take very long for Nevada lawmakers to go out and start tweeting at these guys saying, like hey look and actually even some of these sports book uh guys that run some of the sports books out here tweeting at these guys saying like hey look if you think that uh that you need to know how things need to be run just come out here and take a look first like why don't you come talk to us why don't you come see how this stuff works before you decide that it needs fixing and uh nevada certainly leading the charge in that uh, i saw at least three personal invites that were on the twitter machine to to both schumer and hatch is to come out and check things out and see how it works before you decide that it needs fixing and yeah this, and this is all wild of course because we're like we've been do, dealing with unregulated sports betting that's been pervasive for the last at least you know online for the last you know what 10 15 years and now all of a sudden congress is really interested in it because the leagues are telling them to be interested in it so yeah it's it's pretty disingenuous to see this this would be this policy that they that they want to start seeing is would have been you know better any time before the supreme court uh, ruled again ruled on uh, the sports betting ban and now yeah. we're just seeing it ramp up and of course this was shortly followed by by statements from the league saying that you know they were so happy that this was going down and that they were feeling so good that they were going you know that this was going to happen shocker that the leagues would follow up with immediately and have statements prepared for something like this it was almost as if they it's almost as if they knew um going on here to west virginia taking a look and how everything is shaking out here, we were sitting and uh, as the Twitter machine started to blow up and Eric, there were pictures of betting tickets coming out of West Virginia. Yeah, all of a sudden it just popped up on all of our feeds on Thursday. We uh, The last update we had from regulators there where they were planning on a Saturday launch. Hollywood got all their, their ducks in a row before Saturday and launched early on, on Thursday morning. There was a uh, state delegate there to place the first bet. Shockingly, the first bet was on West Virginia Futures to win the national championship. A little 60-1 to one bet there. Um, they are having their official opening ceremonies this weekend at Hollywood. With They're having Joe Theismann there. 
and expecting something like 10,000 people on property. So they're planning for a big weekend uh, to coincide with with college football at Hollywood. Absolutely, Brett. You run the lines.com. So let me know at 60 to 1 for West Virginia, what do you think this person's return is going to be on whatever they bet? I don't I don't even know the monetary amount that they <laughs> bet, but how much money do you think they're actually going to get back on that for West Virginia to win the national championship? <laughs> Uh, probably zero. I think it's going to be like, zero. I think that's going to be kindling for their fire is what I believe is what's going to be but happening. I was, I was surprised by this number, though. As soon as I saw that ticket hit Twitter, I hopped on the MGM New Jersey app, and I saw West Virginia lifted, listed at 50 to 1. Yeah, so that's going to come down fast in West yeah, Virginia, uh, maybe I assume. Some, Maybe some value for the locals who get in early yesterday. If they, if they beat Tennessee, it'll be, what, down to 2-1. to one. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be the worst bet in the history of sports bets, essentially. How much they... exposure are books going to have on West Virginia action, though? There's going to be a, a lot of action on the – you know, we, we talk about this a couple – you know, every so often about the, the hometown action in Mississippi and things like that. Same in West Virginia. I imagine the two schools there are going to drive a lot of the handle this fall. So now that we have gotten closer to kickoff here for the NFL season, I talked to a couple of guys running books here and from everything that we have heard and even stuff they had said before they said it is it has started to escalate even more now the the regional bias in these things uh i guess you know look a casual better is not going to go bet three weeks ago essentially right or, or two weeks ago and and all that so they're they're waiting here for this this home stretch to put in these bets and apparently the regional bias is is very evident in on the east coast in the south and then even out here uh, in Vegas, I mean, the line in the Auburn-Washington game is completely different, um, a full point different here in Las Vegas than it is out on the East Coast and certainly in the South because you've got people in Vegas who are, you know, a little bit more familiar with a team like Washington and certainly have, you know, the, the West Coast feeds that, and they're up and it's not games going on in the middle of the night. And then you have guys in Mississippi and even on the East Coast out there that, you know, Auburn, SEC power, traditional things like that, uh, drawing a bunch of the money over there. So it's it's pretty, it's going to be fascinating. I'm actually, this is one of the fav- my favorite things that we're going to be able to monitor this year to see how these lines look from state to state, uh, depending on the games and especially the matchups that are happening. I'm assuming we'll see huge disparities between the sharp and public money in those those local heavy markets going forward. That's yeah, my yeah no, a- absolutely, absolutely. Um, so everyone's going to want to know. We're talking about West Virginia here. So, Dustin, let's go to you here. W- which state is next? I mean, that's going to be the big question here. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like it might be a toss-up between Pennsylvania and Rhode Island right now. So uh, right now we know that um, Rhode Island planning November, Pennsylvania is a little more squishy. Could be October for retail books in at the aforementioned parks and Hollywood casinos. Um, so yeah, right now it's it's those two states. Those are the only ones we have on the list that are going live. But it's uh, it's going to be one of those two moving forward. Yeah, just a a a big big thing here. Every single time a state goes live, that is just more people that are going to get exposed and. Obviously, more money-making opportunities for these different people that are going to be operating in multiple states. Now, Brett, FanDuel in the news here this week for something on the DFS side of things that wasn't really um, it, it wasn't really met too well by the, especially by the sharp community in DFS. Uh, a lot of the high rollers and whatnot, not too happy with how they decided to go about one of their marketing ploys here to start the season. Yeah, they, I mean, why, why can't we have just one nice thing? Why, why, <laughs> why, why, 
So FanDuel decided to partner up with uh, Barstool Sports, which from a marketing standpoint makes complete sense. This is a huge audience that is untapped probably in, in a big way. And they gave El Presidente de Portnoy an, an entry into the Fantasy Football World Championship. This is a $25,000 entry that... Normally, you would have to qualify into. This is the most prestigious fantasy football event, and they give this guy a free ticket, one of only 75, and I'm just not thrilled about how they went about this. And I know, Matt, you have a take on this as well. Well, I mean, I look at it from a standpoint where I, I too, understand, like, this is the perfect demographic, right? Like, So getting a deal, a marketing deal with Barstool Sports is certainly smart on their part. I would do it if I was them, too. I think that you could just done done this. I, mean, I think there's three or four different ways you could have gone about this as opposed to giving away a live final seat. I mean, when you look at a live final, one of the things that's the, the biggest issue is you know, you can't direct buy into these things. And so the whole thing that's been for the last six years in in all of these DFS sites was you had to win your way in. Like that was just that was just all there was to it. It didn't matter if you had all the money in the world. And back in the day when Condia and Salil were all were winning, you know, millions of dollars and stuff, they couldn't have bought their way into these things if they didn't qualify. And um, that's kind of like the big issue here is that now they're just going to give one away, which kind of seems like, you know, kind of meh. Um, and then the other thing is, is Barstool is so huge from as an entity. I just don't know why you couldn't have just made a, a separate live final for for, you know, for stoolies for Barstool fans. Like, I don't even get that. There's enough people who are who are out there that they could have easily done a live final or some sort of separate, you know, contest where they get to come out to the Barstool offices or whatever in the hell it might be. Some something like that. But like going right to the live final deal just to me seemed like a, a, an ill advised decision. Now. Eric and, and Dustin, when you guys saw this come across, and, and Eric, let's start with you. Um, you know, I, I sent a little message to you, and I'm sure you followed up and kind of like looked into how things were going on with this. What was your first take on this, especially considering I don't think you're a guy that like chases these cues, right? Like you don't chase these qualifiers? No, I don't. It doesn't yeah. really affect me directly. But same same reaction to you guys. I was the sort of, come on, like it just doesn't quite seem right to me. I think all of your ideas are much better ideas than this. I also, you know, if you're going to give away a seat, maybe give it to uh, like a, I don't know, a Tony Romo or someone, a Kaepernick. Maybe I'd have less of a problem with that. I can't really justify that either, but it's it's unfair to qualifiers. It takes away a seat from someone who, a customer who might try to win one. Yeah, big difference if it's direct buying, but you can't do that. So this is taking a spot that, that there's no way to get back for the field. Dustin, are we all just being ridiculous? No, I don't think so. And you know, I follow enough of the of the regulars in the DFS world that uh, this this seemed to be pretty unanimously panned throughout the uh, people who play a lot of DFS. So I, I just I guess I, like you should should have done some product testing, like throw this out there. Like I think you could have seen how people would have reacted to it. So I think it's kind of tone deaf on Fandle's that part to do that. But at the end, you know, people are going to get over it. People are. Uh, the other thing is obviously the DraftKings and FanDuel have their live finals in the same weekend, which is also annoying some of the regulars who, who are trying to qualify for this. So I don't know. It's it, it all it's all comes off a little bit of tone deaf, but it's not going to like it's not going to materially change the DFS world anyway either. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. It's just one of those things, like you said. I think it's just I, I think with a with a very small survey amongst a a you know a focus group, if you will, uh, that we talked about a couple weeks here on the show, um, could have 
probably giving the idea how this was going to be met. Now, another big thing that happened here with FanDuel this week, I mean, just so much news here, and the you know, they are getting back and you know, we, we talk about the how DraftKings basically had pulled ahead of FanDuel so incredibly much. Of course, when you look at the numbers and you look at the contest entries and different things like that, and one of the things we didn't really ever mention when we were talking about this, Dustin, was the fact that FanDuel isn't in Texas, and as we know, Texas is a really big state. Yeah, FanDuel uh, back in Texas, uh, you know, not sure exactly why this is, but they decided to uh, go back to Texas. Then back in 2016, they had reached a settlement with the state's attorney general saying we won't uh, serve the state after the AG there said that uh, DFS is gambling. You can't do it here. Uh, DraftKings had stayed in Texas all the time, but FanDuel had pulled out. And then all of a sudden, just this week, they said, oh, we're going to be back in Texas. So um, don't really know why. We got a, we got a pretty cryptic statement from FanDuel. I, co- I contacted the AG's office. They said there's nothing different on their end. So there's a question of why this is happening. Obviously, since that happened, Patty Power Betfair has taken over FanDuel, turned into FanDuel Group. So there's the argument that this is a new company. Like we're doing business a different way. We don't, we're not beholden to that settlement. But, you know, I don't know exactly why. But yeah, the, the end of it is that DraftKings and FanDuel now serve, both serve Texas, both serve the same states throughout the U.S. Yeah. I think maybe whenever we look at this, um, the answer why will be. Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, like all these gigantic cities that, that, that are there with millions of people in them and uh, millions of potential customers is probably why this ends up being. And yeah, this uh, is a big this is a big state for this yeah. is a huge state with lots of people who care about football. This is uh, not uh, it's not a, it's it's not a material part of why DraftKings. It is a material part of why DraftKings is pulled ahead of FanDuel because they had access to this player pool all by themselves. So it's it's I mean, it's not all of it, but it's, you know, it's some of it that there's just millions of, of people who they could have been serving that they weren't for the last two years. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Brett, uh, we talked about this with DraftKings, but FanDuel following suit, they are also um, bringing back college football. Um, of course, same situation where it looks like they're going to uh, looks like they're going to serve just the states that um, don't have a deal in place. Oh, so I can't play in New York? Then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> then, then this news does not does, does has no bearing on you whatsoever. You don't care. Um, and Eric, finally here in our FanDuel news um, from a DFS side of things was the was the duel, which kind of was a thing that that came out and we saw a press release and we were all kind of like, what the hell is this and what's going on? And then maybe it's here, maybe it's not. Yeah, I'm I'm actually the wrong person to talk about this because I was in the car for a couple hours while this was <laughs> happening and it was it got announced and published and then suddenly it's gone. There's this uh FanDuel is apparently working on building this user created uh fan content platform sort of thing and it's disappeared for now. Apparently everything came out prematurely and we're still waiting to I'm still waiting to see it. I haven't seen the, the, the website. Funny thing, the gone. funny thing is, it was it was live before it was <laughs> launched on earlier this week, and then it just disappeared. You now go to the site it says 403 forbidden, and that's all you see. So I, this is going to come. This is uh, FanDuel's uh, answer to getting into the content business, which it's been you know woefully behind DraftKings on, um, and especially moving into the sports betting world. Definitely makes sense to you know start doing their own content. Uh, generating that kind of interest and uh yeah so but we don't know what it's gonna look like right in the second it, it should be coming in the near future though yeah which yeah, is it's actually like a little like uh fan-sided but with a focus on dfs and sports betting which is actually kind of interesting because and i guess maybe you keep the the separation of church and state because one is actually a subscription site or whatever but you know they own number fire and number fire obviously is a big content site as it is but 
perhaps it's one of those things that since it's a subscription site and people are paying to use that site to use the to get the insight and the different tools and stuff like that maybe you do you're you're not really advertising that hey we own this this is our site type situation because maybe it loses a little bit of credibility if that's the case do, does that make sense when 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 i say that out loud does that make sense to y'all that maybe it loses credibility if you're like hey by the way we're owned by fanduel no makes no sense to me no <laughs> no some sense yeah i understand what you're saying yeah, I don't know. It's just I guess the thing is is that you know they already have a content site. So why why are they launching a, a completely new content site where this could have just been another arm of of Numberfire basically is where I'm going with this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they I mean, this is definitely more fan-friendly. Numberfire is a little more uh, in the weeds analytics, so this is more I think maybe a little more consumer facing. I don't think that's the reason why it got it's it's kind of got rolled out or the the rollout was weird. I, I think it's something else behind the scenes, but we'll see. And then uh, I'll make sure we we touch on this. We we should see we think FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey uh, in the very near future. Uh, not currently live as we talk on this podcast, but could be could be live in. in uh, before the next time we we record this podcast so we were hoping we were our, our ho- we were hoping hopes hmm. of hopes that it was going to be um that it was going to be live and we would be able to just talk about everything glad nobody was offering action on that because i would have bet some money on the on the yes earlier in the week it sure sounded like it was coming from what we knew but it's almost yeah i mean it's almost like somebody here oh well we talked about it on the podcast last week i mean you were able to go <laughs> and and take a look at the app so yeah you that's are, why i was that's why i was in the car when the dual news dropped i can tell you i can't really I, I can't really talk about features but i can tell you a little bit about it the same thing it's focused on the casual customer just like their dfs innovations have been there'll be a very small minimum bet uh, a lot of shared features with the DraftKings sportsbook they're going to take a more conservative approach to the sports they offer so you may not see some things like the hot dog eating contest that DraftKings wants but um yeah, I saw the product. It looks nice. I don't want to delve too much into the features, but should be coming soon. If I if I can't be a bet on hot dog eating contest, I want nothing. Forget to do it, right? I mean, seriously, seriously, you are cutting out you are cutting out literally tens of people who want to bet on that. I mean, <laughs> no, I, it's like, smart actually. You know, to their credit, the the rationale is they don't want to approach these markets that could be could be seen as potential um, grounds for corruption or whatever. No, they talk absolutely. about e- esports too. They're not going to offer esports immediately. Even some of the lower level professional tennis, where we've seen corruption recently, they may stray away from. Some some of that so they have good reasons for for doing that can't can't fault them there no no i would never i would never take a hot dog bet i would never take an esports bet <laughs> i would never take i would never take a an outside of the top basically like 100 players yeah. um tennis bet i would just never i would never do any of that there's just too much going on there and too much i would never take an undercard ufc bet if we're perfectly if we're being perfectly yeah. honest like from for the majority of the situations i mean a lot of those guys are just making like ten thousand dollars to show up you know so uh there's there's a lot of those sports that we look at and of course you hear of the guys that make the mega money but the majority of those people don't so it's not a it's not a situation where i would be dabbling too much uh, not a ton in the news here. Again, we thought we'd be able to talk the the FanDuel Sportsbook launch. That's not the case. So hopefully next week we'll really be able to get into that and and hammer all all the features and all the things that are going on over there. But we do want to talk about something that came out and made some news. I mean, it was it was from the mainstream media that the news uh, came out, but then other mainstream media picked it up and started talking about it and. Um, Brett, I think there's an article over on the lines that you guys kind of touched on this, but basically CBS, they talked to, they talked to some of the head honchos over there at CBS and they said that there's not going to be any references to gambling during NFL broadcasts this year. 
Yeah, well, if anybody watched the Browns-Eagles game last week or saw the clip of Joe Buck trying to explain the Cleveland Browns Super Bowl odds, you'll understand why CBS made this decision to ban all sports betting talk during broadcast this season. I mean, Buck stated that the Browns' odds of 60-1 to were better than those of the Falcons, Jaguars, and Chiefs, which is just blatantly false. And his partner in the booth, Troy Aikman, responded as if it were true. So these guys clearly (laughs) don't understand how betting odds work. They embarrass themselves on national TV. And this is just a reminder that sports betting is not yet mainstream, even to those who are so close to the games being bet on. And it's it's really important that those who are who aren't currently in the subset of gamblers, they're getting the right information about sports betting as we advance it here in the U.S. So I, I like this decision here by CBS Sports. Uh, it would be nice if they already had analysts who were up to speed on the subject because the wave is already coming. I mean, it's here in a few states already. So uh, hopefully by the end of or by the start of next football season, we'll have uh, all of these networks up to speed and talking about sports betting in the mainstream. So Dustin, looking at this, do you think that it is kind of a necessity for these analysts to be up to speed on the sports gambling market? Or do you think this is something that you can basically just display in a, you know, on a bug or something like that or whatever it might be? I mean, do do you think we need these guys explaining the the gambling aspect of the game? Or do you really want your play-by-play guys and your color guys just focusing on what's going on in the field? I don't think we I don't think we need it during games, right? That seems a bit much. Like you can like maybe you can mention it kind of like, you know, like Lesper and, and Al Michaels do, but like I, I think it's I think it's fine to have it like I, I would like to see ESPN just put it in their bugs on the on the bottom of the screen, right? So they do they do it already on their on their uh, website. Like that's good. Put it talk about it in pregame if you want, talk about it in postgame. Like just like during the broadcast seems like I don't know, that's that seems a little overkill and weird. It's just, it's just, it's not super necessary. And like to, to get into like super granular gambling stuff during the pay, during the pace of a game seems just like, seems like a bit of a stretch. To so me. I could not possibly agree with you more, Eric, if you're watching a game and it's like, and it's like in the second quarter or something, you know, it's like oddly, it's like at a weird time of the game. And then you have a guy reference the, the full game spread or something or whatever. And, and we're, and we're still in the second quarter and, different things like that. I think there's going to be guys trying to force this issue if it wasn't, if they didn't just come out and say, hey, don't talk about it, then you, I think you're going to have guys trying to force it in there, which I think just makes for a very, like kind of like Dustin said, a pretty clunky experience, I think. Yeah, see, see Joe Buck for case study number one. He always, you know, he's kind of likes the Al Michaels model of working references in and I guess tried to do it himself and and missed. Yeah, I think I'm, I agree with Dustin too. I, um, I don't mind the conversation. I think the way it works right now is perfect where the the sharpest guys who know sports betting the best know how to work the dialogue into the broadcast without ruffling any feathers. I think uh, the if you start to carry it into the broadcast in a in a dense way, you will start to lose some some audience that just is not interested in that or is turned off by that. Sure. I mean, you have a pregame show, you bring in a guy in the pregame show who knows what he's talking about and he can explain everything in five minutes. Then in a postgame show, if you want to bring back that same guy and he talks about any implications that that how things went down or something, that's perfectly fine. And I think that's probably what they should be doing and should be focusing on and not really worrying about these guys in the booth. And so I, you know, shockingly enough, I'm 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 kind of behind this decision, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of behind the thing. I think that the 
the the value of a guy like Troy Aikman and a value of a guy like Joe Buck is not sitting there talking to me about the gambling aspect of this game. Like they're really good at color. They're really good at play by play. And so for me, that doesn't really bring anything to me to have those guys like trying to, you know, mansplain um, the sports betting to me as we're as we're going on here. So, I mean, I, but that being said, Brett, I bet you we have several different broadcasts this year that are going to be talked about on this very podcast because some analyst decided to kind of go rogue and and made an ass of himself. Oh, please let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that will be a, a fun talking point every single week. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty good. I mean, as far as these other networks, one thing that did come out this week as well, uh, FS1 did come. We talked about the ESPN show uh, a long time ago, basically as soon as the Passport thing went through they launched uh, an over-the-top show that airs on ESPN plus that they they went into partnership with the Action Network on FS1 uh, news came out that they are launching a show called lock it in it is going to have one Clay Travis if you are not familiar with Clay Travis um, you're either gonna love him or hate him there's really no in between with how this guy works uh, cousin Sal you might have seen on the Jimmy Kimmel show another guy uh, he also has a pretty pretty popular gambling podcast that is part of the ringer network so he knows kind of what he's talking about there todd Furman is a guy that lives here in las vegas he's uh done a bunch of but done a bunch of programming kind of around the city here he's done some nascar stuff for fox in the past and but he's a pretty sharp guy when it comes to sports betting as well and then they just have an an in-studio host um a young lady who has hosted some uh world cup stuff for them and hosted some some uh, f- uh, football show for them on their Facebook page last year as well. So uh, pretty interesting. Listen, I mean, this is we knew that this was going to be coming by by these networks. We didn't know if it was going to be as soon as this season. We were pretty locked in that every network, every major network is going to have a show in place by next football season. But it looks like FS1 went with people here um, that that at least have a, a some have a background in sports betting, have talked about it before, kind of know what's going on with all of that. And Dustin, I know you're a big Clay Travis fan, so how excited are you for this show? Uh, I am not excited <laughs> at all. I will, I, will, I will not be watching the show. Uh, it's better than we thought. We originally thought Jason Whitlock was doing the show. Right, when we right. First saw the story, so that, thank goodness it's not Whitlock uh, giving us his sports betting picks. That that would be even worse with Skip Bayless. But yeah, I'm not not. It's not my thing. I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, there's. You're very right. People are doing. There's no middle of the road on Clay Travis. Either he's your best guy. He's, either he's your, you think he's hilarious and and a real sharp sports better, or you think he's obnoxious as hell and you want him to go away from your TV and radio. But yeah. <laughs> it, but more shows are coming for sure. This, this is not the last one. Eric, this is an audio, so people can't see um, you do this. But is this a, is this a? You'll have to audibly say it then. So is this a thumbs up or a thumbs down from you? Did you see it? Oh, uh, I'm we, uh, say, say, same thing as Dustin. Can I just leave it there? Okay, I agree with yeah, Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. And Brett, <laughs> is this, is this unanimous across the board here? Well, I can't remember the last time FS1 was even on my TV, so <laughs> I, I don't see this being a reason to click there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I do applaud them for at least taking the step and we'll see kind of how the content looks whenever it comes out. But, uh, interesting, interesting times we live in fellas. We are going to have a five days a week gambling show on a national sports network. You wouldn't have thought that a year ago. What a world. Sure. Yeah. What a world. What a world. Uh, guys, thanks for being here. A little bit of abbreviated podcast this week, and I'm not going to say there's any reason for that. We do have a fantasy football draft actually. Um, it's the reason why that is, but, uh, not a lot of news and hopefully we will have a, a big week next week and of course this FanDuel thing looks like it's going to happen by the time we record next week so we'll have a nice in-depth look at all of that 
For Dustin Galker, for Eric Ramsey, and for Brett Colson, my name is Matt Brown. Please take a look at thelines.com, onlinepokerreport.com, legalsportsreport.com, and follow all of us on Twitter. We'll see you guys next week.